everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Hi, gang. Hey. Hey. Hi. Thanks for tuning in to Hop Culture. This is a book club episode, and we are so excited to be talking about The Lazy Genius Way, Embrace What Matters, Ditch What Doesn't, and Get Stuff Done by Kendra Adachi. Kendra also has a podcast also called The Lazy Genius. So if you haven't read the book but want a taste of her wisdom, we'd encourage you to check out the podcast as well. I've been listening to her podcast for a while, and I loved it even before we read this book. Yeah, our mom has been a big fan of the podcast for a long time, and she's been trying to make different Lazy Genius suggestions. (laughs) Um, And I was admittedly a bit resistant, mostly just she has a lot of Mom gives a lot of self-help suggestions, and I just naturally <laughs> push back. It's not something Grace is open to generally. It's not nothing against the lazy genius specifically. It's nothing against the lazy genius. I don't like self-help books in general. I, I just think they're too, I don't know. They're too one-size-fits-all, and they don't, and I don't usually like them. But you guys know, I cannot stop talking about the lazy genius. So our mom sent us the book. And I read it, and it's completely changed my life. I've done a full 180. <laughs> I've never been more organized. And I cannot wait to talk about how the Lazy Genius principles are changing my life. Is this true, Claire? Like, have you been to Grace's house? I've been to Grace's house, well, just for a second the other day um, to pick Did up it look Henry. organized? Um... And that's, put I just want to know. This is kind spot. of painting me into a corner a little bit. In a way, I don't appreciate. Um, Grace seems like she's in a great place. Claire! <laughs> oh my god! I'm just no kidding. Why is that worse? I didn't really look around. I was literally just in the entryway for like three minutes. Okay, well, you could have just said that. Mm-hmm. She could have said something a little bit, a little bit better than what she said, but... She didn't go into the dining room or the kitchen or my bedroom. Well, great. Yeah, okay. Grace is oh, yeah. renovating, so like her house is not going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, in this order. is a work in this is a work in progress, and I haven't gotten mm-hmm. to the front room yet, and that's the only room Claire was in. Well, and what Kendra okay. says, not to jump ahead, but she's very into like it's okay to have a messy room. Like it's not a one size fits all. Everything has to be perfect method you mm-hmm. know so the house doesn't have to be to claire's standards oh. in order for me <laughs> to feel good about my, home. my house is not perfectly clean either i have embraced the you know the lazy side of the lazy genius way so okay well i feel like we're bordering on getting ahead of ourselves here so let's um just explain a little bit of of what the Lazy Genius Method is, in case anyone has not um, heard of it or read the book. So the Lazy Genius Mantra is be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't to you. Um, So it's definitely not one size fits all. um, But Kendra offers 13 different Lazy Genius principles that help you create personalized solutions to your own unique problems so that you can notice the things that aren't all that important after all and create 
in her words, a life full of productivity and peace. Um, so I really liked there's a little chapter before she dives into the principles, which we'll get to in a minute. And um, she kind of talks about her experiences being a genius and then her experiences being lazy. So she kind of shares a little bit about her past and that she had really struggled with perfectionism growing up. Um, And a lot of that came from like some childhood experiences and stuff, but she felt like in every situation she had to kind of like prove herself or prove her value by being like, you know, absolute top of her class, impress everyone with everything. But that's just not sustainable, you know, in life. And it's just exhausting. And so she would burn out and then she would kind of, the pendulum would swing to the other side where she would just be like, okay, well, I'm just giving up. I'm ordering pizza four times a week. I'm just going to kind of like wear a messy bun and let my house be messy all the time because trying too hard, it just doesn't work. Like no one's perfect, you know? Um, And what she discovered was that was just as miserable. Like just kind of living in chaos is just as exhausting as trying to manage perfection. Um, And she realized that it's okay to try and like really care about the things that really matter to you. And it's okay to simplify the things that have to get done, but just aren't as meaningful. So it's kind of about finding like a balance about what matters to you. What do you really want to try hard on? And what are things that you can just kind of simplify and streamline if they aren't as important? Um, And one thing she really talked about that I liked was um, she talked about how there's kind of like this emphasis. And I see this a lot on social media, um, especially I notice it, especially like in the mom, you know, corner of Instagram. Um, there's kind of this emphasis on like being real and that if somehow if like things are in order or if there's things you're really good at that you're fake somehow. And I think Mm -hmm. we've kind of like touched on this on the podcast in the past, but she talked about how like it's okay to have things that you are really good at and that you stay on top of because they're important to you and you don't need to apologize for that. Um, but you also don't have to pretend to be like order does not equate you know, somehow being inauthentic. So Mm -hmm. to just kind of like let that go and not do the reverse judgment thing of seeing someone do really well at something and kind of being like, oh, well, I bet they're they're under the surface. They have all these issues. It's like they might not, you know, and that's okay. Like that doesn't reflect anything about you, you know. I think, I mean, this kind of goes back to our episode that we did on being judgmental or, you know, working on not how to not be judgmental. Um, And I think it's something that, that we do a lot is to see somebody who is good at something and just assume that either they are going to be judging you if you're bad at it or, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's okay to Mm -hmm. have certain things in order and it doesn't make you any less real of a person. But yeah, I really, I think she just lays things out in a way that makes it really easy to fit everything to your situation. Like as she was going through the book, she was giving examples of how she fit into her life. And even though all her examples were like, this is how, as a mom with kids, I do this. I still felt like I could put it into practice in my life mm-hmm. and it didn't have to be all about kids. You know, I think anybody could read this book and find stuff. So um, she has these 13 principles and we're not going to talk about them all in depth, but um, we're going to list them and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the ones that we really like. So the 13 principles are decide once, 
start small, ask the magic question, live in the season, build the right routines, set house rules, put everything in its place, let people in, batch it, essentialize, go in the right order, schedule rest, and be kind to yourself. Um, So let's start by sharing which Lazy Genius principle you guys were like naturally the most drawn to or the one that was like the most exciting to you right off the bat. There were two that I was really flipping out about that I was so excited and I was, you know, Now, were you excited like when you read it or you were excited once you tried it and were like, whoa, this is is good stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Both of them. So really three of them. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to narrow it down, I could narrow it down to three. Start Small is the one that I, it wasn't one of the original two, but I really couldn't have done it without that one. If I hadn't started small, Anna's smirking, I it would have <laughs> just fallen apart. This sounds like I'm giving an acceptance speech, like I've won yeah. an award. <laughs> um, but the two that really were a huge deal were ask the magic question and set house rules. Mm, and put everything in its place. <laughs> mom is speaking of flipping out i feel like she's doing like backflips like full-on backflips of joy right now about putting everything in its place because no one has tried harder to give grace hooks and baskets and like little places to put her things over the years yeah grace has always turned her nose up at every single one well mom is screaming crying and throwing up right now Have you guys ever heard that TikTok sound that's like, my trinkets. (laughs) (laughs) Another box for my trinkets. (laughs) It makes me think of Grace all the time. Because mom is constantly giving her boxes for her trinkets. Different boxes, yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, okay, here's the thing. Ask the... You have to ask yourself the (laughs) magic question to know what system is going to... You can't... Someone else can't force you to put things in the place that they want. If I mm-hmm. can guarantee that I'm never going to put something in a little box that's, I don't know, mm-hmm. yeah. certain things, then I'm not going to do it. And it's not mm-hmm. because I don't want to. It's because I know myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. It's not like I'm like willfully, I'm not going to put that in the box because, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. four. I'm not going to like, <laughs> it's not because I'm like trying to defy mom or something, yeah. but I'll just be like, I don't think that system's going to work for me. And, and you know, we push on anyway. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I think wish Grace's facial expressions were visible because that was such a like yeah. little <laughs> sassy like, we push on anyway. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but I think set house rules was the one that I was like pretty excited about because the other ones are all about like, doing good things, but set house rules is the one where you get to say no. You get to say, Grace, at the end of the night, the only thing that gets to be on your dining room table is your laptop, a water bottle, and a rubber band for your hair. Mm. Those are the three things that can be on there. Mm -hmm. Nothing else can be on the table. And it just can't. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that is a house rule. I like that. 
And do you know we how long it. are my rule followers? Yes, <laughs> we are true. rule followers. My table has been clear for nine days. Wow, Grace, wow. that's awesome. Nine Grace. days, people. That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. I can't say I can't say the same. No, I can't say the same either. <laughs> I just have to make a note, another visual note. So Grace has like a blurred out background. But she's talking with her hands a lot because she's so excited. And it looks like she's flipping us off because oh, no. it's blurring. Well, it just keeps blurring her hands like it's like a show. You know, and they blur like, out. So it's just like every once in a while her hand gets blurred. Well, you mentioned the magic question. Let's hold off on talking about that one and let everyone else talk about which principle was like their number one. Okay. I. It is hard to choose because... They all kind of they interplay, and she mm-hmm. she mentions that they kind of play off each other for mm-hmm. sure. But I think the one that resonated the most with me was put everything in its place. Um, That's a good one. Mm-hmm. As soon as you can, she kind of tacks that on like mm-hmm. later on in the chapter. Because um, sometimes you you walk in and you're holding a million things and you have to put stuff on your kitchen mm-hmm. counter. But basically. You know, she talks about how everything needs to have a place. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, there have been many times in my life where I've realized that things just don't have a place. And that's Mm -hmm. why they're floating around, cluttering up the house. But also, she talked about how it's not, I don't know, it's not about controlling your home and everyone in it. Because I think it's really easy to get frustrated about messes mm-hmm. when you are trying to be too controlling. Um, but it's about creating space for connection. So something that I find myself getting a little bit frustrated about is the fact that I'm just like constantly cleaning up messes that like Hazel will make, um, which is just normal for little kids. But it's just like you get sick of it and mm-hmm. you're kind of like <laughs> – I want to just be lazy and never clean up again because Mm -hmm. (laughs) the second I clean it up, it's going to be messy again. But she said, we clean up so a new mess can be made. It's annoying, but ultimately worth it. And she talked about how like basically when you clean up toys or like a playroom or whatever, um, you're creating space for the kids to play again and that's important and um that kind of makes it less frustrating i think but yeah i just i liked that principle because i just feel like if you can put things away you know as soon as you can then things won't get out of hand Mm -hmm. as quickly um so so it was it was inspiring it i don't know that any of it was necessarily like new information but for some reason just like reading it I was like, oh, I need to I need to renew my my commitment to doing this. <laughs> well, and sometimes like life shifts, like Grace is mm-hmm. she moved and like is renovating a house or, you know, you have a new baby and like whenever life I mean it can just even be from like season to season that the places that you were putting things aren't really working or you have new yeah, a new person in your home that you're working into your space and like it's something you do kind of have to constantly be reassessing like, oh, is this working for us? Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of had a moment like that with um, the shoes because we have like a coat closet and I have some of our shoes in there, but I had been keeping 
like a lot of like church shoes and you know the the shoes that aren't like day to day up in our closets just because the coat closet isn't that big and I was just noticing over and over like the shoes are not getting put back up in the closet they're just kind of like in a pile at the bottom of the stairs and it's just kind of like an annoying it's not that it's like you feel silly saying these things out loud because it's like, this is not a groundbreaking. Yeah. This isn't groundbreaking information and it's not an earth shattering problem that like, oh, you have like some little children's shoes in your house. You know, it's like, but it does it. Those things build up and they really start to mm-hmm. wear on you. And it really wears mm-hmm. on you when your kids don't know where their shoes are, are. And like, you're having to run up and down the stairs a million times and then you're late to church. And you know, it's like taking a step back and being like, oh, this isn't really working for us. So like, what's a solution I could create to like make this a little easier and make all of these things need a home. So like Mm -hmm. clearly what I have figured out isn't working. So I just bought one of those. It's not that novel, but just one of those shoe hangers that you can put on the back of a door, you know, and put it in the closet. And it's like, oh, now we can fit all the kids shoes down here and they can just put them away right when we get home instead of like piling them up at the bottom of the stairs and meaning to put them back. And then we never do, you know? So yeah, I agree. It's good to step back and notice like where the messes are Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, do I need to buy a basket? Do I need to reorganize this set of drawers, you know, or like whatever to figure out a place for everything. Yeah. She said, pay attention to what your stuff is telling you. So if something's constantly in the way, then like maybe you don't want, like want to have that thing anymore or um if if you're constantly cleaning up these toys that you never actually see your kids playing with then like maybe it's time to put them away somewhere or donate them you know and i realize mm-hmm. like i'm constantly cleaning up the same toys that i don't see hazel playing with and i'm like oh i don't think she likes these toys she just like stumping things out so it would be easier if I just, you know, put these in storage for a little while. Mm-hmm. Smart. Um, so, Claire, what what was your favorite then out of that? Um, my favorite one was Decide Once, which is her first principle. And it's um, a good one. I really like this one. I think it's because I struggle with like decision fatigue. Is decision fatigue the one? It's not the same saying as like when you have too many decisions or too many options or is that analysis paralysis oh that's analysis paralysis or i don't know whatever it is the problem we have in today's day and age where we have a million options all the time i really struggle with that and like i kind of am just the type of person that's always like oh well i'm sure there's something better out there you know than like what i've figured out and i feel like i kind of also have that from mom a little bit (laughs) like poor mom's getting (laughs) thrown under the bus it's not a bad, I think it's good to always be like excited about trying new things or looking for better options. Um, but it does kind of lead to me just like not doing things or always being discontent with what I've chosen. And it does take up a lot of mental energy. And I've kind of just been observing people in my life that seem like very content and very like routine oriented. And I'm like, I think that they are better at deciding once than I am. And I think I just overthink a lot of things. And I'm like, so for example, like, um, like holiday traditions is a great example, you know, of just kind of being like, oh, well, I want to see what the, what this girl on Instagram said her family does for Easter, you know, and, and let's try this this year. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I just, 
think that there's so many decisions and I want to actually be present and like enjoy especially special occasion things with my family. And I would rather just be present enjoying them instead of like overwhelmed with the fatigue of trying to decide constantly a million different things. So decide once is basically like a great example she gives is like wedding gifts. Every time you need to buy a wedding present, decide either have one thing that you always buy or just decide to get something off the registry. And then it's like, you don't think about it again. That's just what you do every time you have to buy a wedding present or like, um, meals, you know, every Monday we have tacos or, or she has like a Monday outfit. Kendra has a Monday outfit that she wears every Monday. And it just makes Monday mornings a little easier because she just doesn't even have to think about it, you know? So things like that. So one way I decide once is, or one way I've decided to decide once. And I'm like nervous to share this because I feel like, I don't know, I've gotten some funny looks and comments when I've shared this with people, but I really dislike throwing birthday parties for my kids. And I feel guilty admitting that because for one thing, we love coming to birthday parties. So please don't take that as like a thing like, oh, Claire hates birthday parties. We love going to them. My kids love them. And I love celebrating my kids. I just do not enjoy the process of throwing a birthday party. And it's been my observation for my kids that they often don't end up enjoying the party that much. I think they enjoy the anticipation, but there's often tears. As mom calls it, too much birthday from the Berenstain Bears (laughs) book. You know, it's like, it just never quite goes as planned. And I feel like it never meets their expectations. And every year it would come around to birthday time and it was like, they would beg for a party and then I would be like, well, what if we just do kind of a small party? But then that kind of turns into a bigger party and it just felt like a negotiation for every one of their birthdays kind of. And I don't know, I just was like kind of frustrated by that. So I just decided that there's certain birthday years that they get a party and the other, like, you know, with friends, like a full on party. And then on the other years, we'll do an activity as a family that they get to pick like go somewhere fun. We'll do cake. We'll do presents as a family, but we're not going to do like a big friend birthday party every single year, just on their birthday years, their birthday party years. And that has brought me a lot of peace because I'm like, okay, we can like look forward to those years. They can still talk about it and think about what they want to do, but I don't have to throw four birthday parties every single year. And I just know that that's like how we're going to do it. So that's an example of how I'm applying that one. But um, I've been trying to think about other ways that I could implement decide once because I just think it's like a, it's kind of just like a weight lifted off your shoulders a little bit when you can decide once on something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that, Claire. Don't like be ashamed it. because the whole point of this book is being lazy about the things that don't matter to your family. Mm-hmm. So, well, she mm-hmm. says in, um, in the last, or not the last one, in uh, Go in the Right Order, it's decide what matters, calm the crazy, and trust yourself is like the process for Go in the Right Order. So she talks a lot about trusting yourself. So it's like, mm-hmm. you don't have to do things exactly how everyone else does them. Trust that you're making the right decision for your situation. As someone totally. who just spent days toiling over a birthday party for a three-year-old <laughs> and it looks like I probably spent a total of two hours preparing for this party. <laughs> I think it sounds like a good idea. Is the party tomorrow? 
It's tomorrow, and it's not even really a party. It's literally I invited two children. <laughs> That's so cute. That's, it's it's going to be it's so just cute. Like she's a play date, love basically. It. She's she's totally going to yeah, love it. That's, That's perfect for a three. That's the problem I was having though was. We were trying to have these low key, like, oh, we'll just have the neighbors over, but it still blossoms into this huge mm-hmm. thing. And if you like doing that, that's awesome. Like, I know lots of parents that love to do that. And I, I'm like, I love it. I love being invited to those parties. Like, it's great. It's just, <laughs> it's never a positive thing for our family. So I don't <laughs> want to do it that often. Tess, which was your favorite? Uh, it's really hard to narrow it down but I think uh one that has had maybe a quieter effect like less maybe outwardly noticeable effect on me is um live in the season Mm. because I (laughs) I feel like I just get ahead of myself very easily and I also I like to like over plan things to like a crippling degree so let me give an example of this. I think I've mentioned this before, but when I was on my mission, I would think about after my mission and my goals. And instead of just being like, oh, I would like to, you know, I think when I get off my mission, I'd like to practice piano more. No, I <laughs> I came up with this like very lengthy, detailed plan of how I was going to be like become like a protege in the piano and <laughs> and like practice like four to five hours a day. I'm not joking. And these are the kinds of, this is like the kind of like crippling thoughts that I have because then I got home and I of course didn't do that. That's not sustainable for anyone who wants to have any other hobbies in life. And so then it just kind of like, it's a, a vicious cycle. Um, And it also just kind of keeps me from, like, enjoying the present and, like, what she says is pay attention to what's in front of you and stop trying to see every possible step ahead. So right now, it's tempting for me to be like, well, there's no point in me having, like, a good bedtime routine and, you know, having, like, a nice, like, wind down at the end of the day because in three months... I'm going to have a baby and that's all going to be wiped um, completely off the table. So it was tempting to not kind of like live in the moment, but I am living in the moment and I'm, I'm getting in bed at 8 PM <laughs> these Whoa, days. That's nice. I get, I know I get in bed so early because then I have hours to read <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> And I know that I won't have, you know, I know that very soon my season of life will change, but I, in lots of ways, I'm like, you know, staying organized. I'm like trying lots of new recipes because I know that in this season of life, I have time for all of those things. And in the, you know, very near future, I won't have time for that. And that's okay. That doesn't, it doesn't have to stress me out that my season of life is about to change. I can just enjoy where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. So, As Hagrid says, what come will come and we'll meet it when it does. Isn't that, isn't that what wow. he says? <laughs> what comes will Did Hagrid say that? I don't know. I don't I remember that. that. I don't remember, but I'm sure <laughs> nobody can confirm. It's either that or some kind of like Welsh proverb or something. So yeah, when the baby comes... <laughs> 
you will already have established good, you know, principles of letting her have a routine because you have a routine like that will only ultimately serve you well long term, you know? Yeah. So we mentioned the magic question earlier, um, which the magic question is, what can I do now to make life easier later? If you listen to the Lazy Genius podcast, this is a principle that comes up a lot. So I thought we could all share an example of a way that we've applied the magic question. Well, I feel like um, this is a life-changing question. And I have, I feel like I just have so many examples of, I I use it in the long term. Mm -hmm. Not in the long, long term, I guess. um, Because I only read this like a, a month ago. But in, you know, like week to week, I'll use this. But also like day to day. So today, for example... I asked the magic question. I got home. Um, I went to my friend. My friend teaches a class at the gym. So I went to her class and then I got home and I was kind of tired. But I was like, I know on podcast days, (laughs) I always end the day with a really messy kitchen because I hurry and make dinner and then we eat dinner and then I don't ever have enough time to (laughs) to clean the kitchen afterwards. So I made dinner this morning and I put it in the fridge. So all I had to do was reheat it this like this evening and my kitchen is clean. Wow. wow. That's just kind of a miracle. That's so, yeah. awesome, Tess. I feel like the making dinner is like that's like the asterisk on like this is like I don't know if the asterisk, but just like the most obvious one that is just the most helpful is if you can have dinner figured out earlier in the day. <laughs> dinner is <laughs> so makes, hard. It's so hard. And it's just like such a hard time of day. So that I feel like that is just like the creme de la creme. If you can mm-hmm. achieve that, you've figured out the magic question. But I agree. <laughs> it is such a good question. Um, so, I mean, you can do it like you could do it even for planning holidays, you know, like can I buy gifts ahead of time? I mean, it's like you could, it's applicable in so many situations, but I have been trying to do it. Um, so Dave's work schedule is, it changes from week to week. And on the days he works, he's gone like all day, super early morning till like past the kid's bedtime. So he's just not really home to help with the kids like at all, which is okay. I mean, I know a lot of, there's plenty of like single moms out there, you know, so I'm not trying I know people have it worse than me, but I do struggle on the days when like he's not home um, to get much done outside of just, you know, keeping things chugging along at home. So if I have like big errands or like appointments or things like that, um, it's just kind of hard to manage those on days when he's not home if it's like something that I would need to bring the kids to. So I have been trying to kind of look ahead in my week and be like, okay, if he's working, you know, this weekend, what could I get done on the days he's home? Are there like errands I could get out of the way or phone calls I could make or things like that so that I can kind of leave the days that he's working to just focus on the kids because that's really like the main thing that needs my attention those days. And it's helpful. It's not always fun because I'd rather just like us like go do something fun on the days he's home but it does mean that I'm like a lot less frazzled and I'm also just able to be like a calmer happier mom Mm -hmm. when I'm not trying to like also do a million other things without him home Mm -hmm. yeah I have used it in a lot of 
ways. Um, I don't use it as, as much in a like, what can I do? I, I guess probably in the way that she means it to be used, which is like something I can do now that I would have to do later. And, you know, like I'm going to do early. Instead, I kind of use it as like, what can I do? Like, what is something that keeps tripping me up? And what can I do to like fix it? So one thing is like, I have these spice racks. They're these cheap spice racks I got on Amazon and they can stand, they can sit on a counter or you can screw them into the wall. And I had, they're, they're not like, they're not cute. You know, they're ones that I like, I got once because I needed to organize spices. And then, you know, I'm like planning to get maybe a nicer looking one when I have a nicer looking kit. You know, it's like one of those things where you're like, eventually I'll upgrade this. And I was like, okay, but for now they're sitting on my counter and they block me from using the counter. And I also like can't really get to the spices and they're just like, they bug me every single day. So I was like, I'm just going to screw these onto my wall. I know I'm redoing stuff in the kitchen. And so like, I'll just screw them in wherever. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for me to patch. It's a lot easier for me to patch the wall than it is for me to every single day be like knocking over these spices. Mm -hmm. And so I just put them on the wall. And suddenly like that made things in my kitchen so much easier. Or my trash, once the trash starts getting full, then like once my recycling is overflowing, then I can't put more cans in. And then the cans either end up like on the floor around it or they end up, I just leave them on the counter. And then, so I've, then I was like, no, you need a better trash thing to put these in. And then you need to every night as part of your nightly routine, check the trash, check the recycling. If they're not, if they're too full that like the next day they won't have space, you have Mm -hmm. to take them out. And like just things like that where like I am just creating a better system. Like I notice what is causing the problem Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, okay, what, like, what do I actually need to do? Like fix this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. doing that. Well, and it's, I think she mentioned it in the essentialized chapter where you can kind of prioritize like what is necessary now. So like kind of how we're talking about overlap. I feel like that overlaps with essentializing, which by the way, I love that she quoted the Greg McEwen book, Essentialize because, or Essentialism, because we talked about that in our priorities episode. And I love that book and I still think about it all the time, but it was a very much like business focused book. And so that's kind of like, I think Grace was mentioning at the beginning of this, I feel like what the lazy genius does so well is it is so much more like broadly applicable to a variety of situations. And I'm not a CEO. So, you know, I felt found like felt like essentialism was a little bit it was good at concepts but like a little over my head. Um, but she talked about I think she was talking about like a guest bathroom and how she was like, "Okay, I would love to have like a cute bathroom right now." but it really just needs to be like clean and comfortable and functional. And I feel like that's kind of with the spices. I do that with so many things where I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to make this really nice. So I'm just not even Mm going to bother with it now. And it's like, okay, but it's like (laughs) been years and you haven't. And so what, what do you need now? You need a space or a system or a routine or whatever that just like functions well. It doesn't, so it's just like make the change that you need to be functioning rather than like tripping over something for years until you get like 
the room of your dreams. You know, it's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at the risk of sounding dramatic, ever since I had children, my mornings have been absolutely miserable because (laughs) I I, I am just not a morning person. Um, I wish I were, but I like a slow morning. I don't, I like a quiet morning. I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't Mm -hmm. want anyone. Anne's famous for wearing a blanket around in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, true. I don't want to solve problems. I don't want to put out fires, but I have just been woken up by someone who needs me immediately every Mm -hmm. single morning since having kids. And I always think like, okay, I need to just wake up a little bit earlier so that I can like just, you know, brush my teeth, go to the bathroom, have something to eat and just be like more ready. Mm -hmm. And then the whole morning would go so much more smoothly. And so I've kind of been trying to do that. (laughs) And it should be easy because Hazel is so good about not coming out of her room till her little okay to wake light comes on. So I can schedule what time she gets up every morning. And so I could just, you know, set my alarm to like 15 minutes earlier and my whole morning goes so much better. But I'm just really tired. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't always do it. But when I do, it it makes a huge difference. And I'm always, like, so happy that I did it. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm thinking about setting recurring alarms and really committing to this practice so that I can just have a happier morning. Nice. Yeah, it's it's crazy what, like, 15 minutes in the morning yeah. can mm-hmm. do. And it's also so weird how our brains, like, hold on to 15 extra minutes of sleep yeah, as if hard. it's going to get yeah, us anything so extra. True. Yeah, knowing that you're going to be more miserable if you yeah. do sleep those 15 more minutes. So, yeah. It's like it's going to feel as bad to wake up in 15 minutes as it feels right now as I'm hitting <laughs> yeah. snooze. Mm-hmm. It's true. The things I say to myself as I'm driving somewhere frantically, like yeah. 10 minutes late, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, truly. <laughs> like, why do you do this to yourself? When, yeah, yeah if you, you just know, you have 33 years of life experience that will tell you, just get up 10 minutes earlier, you know, and just don't be yeah. miserable. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's so hard. It's true. Your brain just plays gymnastics on you trying mm-hmm. to rationalize it. So we're getting kind of long on time. So we'll go quick here. But have you guys made any changes since reading the book? yet like any changes based on the lazy genius principles so many changes but i'll keep it brief um this is one i'm very proud of it's a house rule and i agree with grace that house rules are life-changing but this one is like i can't even emphasize how proud i am of myself for this very simple rule i have a so i've always had a really hard time putting my laundry away like i have no problem sitting down and watching a show and folding laundry. That's fine. That's fun. But then it sits in my living room (laughs) in -hmm. little piles or (laughs) on my bed in piles. And then at night, I just put 
all those piles back in the laundry basket because <laughs> I'm too tired to put them away. So it was just an endless cycle of just like laundry everywhere all over my house. Um, so my new rule is I have to stay standing up while I fold laundry. And that might sound horrible and miserable, but I actually don't mind it because I'm I carry my load my basket of laundry to my bed and then I just stay standing and it's not that bad. And I just fold the laundry while I listen to a podcast or a show or something. And then I'm already standing. So then I'm completely I then I'm just totally motivated to just put everything away right then because I'm already standing. And I've pretty much eliminated this problem for my life. I love There's that. no more laundry sitting around my house. Nice. Well, I have been trying to let people in <laughs> um, <laughs> because I I have been very lazy about this principle. And um, so I I decided I need I need to invite people in to my home. So um we had some friends over a while ago and <laughs> we uh, we took them on a little tour and um, we've hung out with them like a number of times, but they've always been the ones to like invite us to do stuff. And so I was like, okay, it's getting to the point where like it's rude that I have not invited them over. And so after the tour, um, <laughs> my friend was like, she's like, we've, we've been friends for a while and you know, we've hung out a few times and I guess I just thought like maybe your house was going to be completely in shambles. She's like, because you've never invited me over. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think to invite people over and like, it's just, I don't know. I just get nervous because I feel like everything needs to be perfect and, and she was like, your house is, like, really cute. She's like, I don't know why I haven't been over here before. So, so, so yeah, we've now invited them over a few times. Um, and you really do kind of, like, cross, like, a threshold with people when you invite them to your house. And I've realized, like, it doesn't need to be super clean. You should not apologize if it's not perfectly clean because then they're going to feel like you expect it to be clean at their mm-hmm. house all the time. And there's just, I don't know, you don't have to, you don't have to make dinner. I don't want to make dinner for people. So, you know, we just invite people over for games or like dessert or something. And that's easier and less stressful. So it's been good. It's very, it's, it's helped me make some friends. So Good job. It is nice. hard. It's mm-hmm. it's hard. I don't know. It just feels, yeah, it feels like you're not going to measure up in some way mm-hmm. when you invite people over. But I think people just are, people just want to be invited, you know? And yeah. like, yeah, they really like it. If I've invited to someone's house, I have no expectations. I'm just mm-hmm. grateful, <laughs> you know? So yeah. Good job. Do you want to say anything, Grace? Yeah. Well, one thing, one change I made was this isn't even really a principle, but it's just she really kicked off a lot of like her. I maybe this is building a right routine, but one of my things that I've started doing, I have this just cheap record player, and what I will do is when I need to, I have something that I'm working on, like 
for instance, getting to the point of my dining table being cleared off was like, it had a lot of tools and it had so much stuff on it. It was like a multi-day process of like figuring out where those tools were going to, you know, like, so I wasn't just shuffling things around. Like, you know, I actually wanted to put them away. So what I've been doing is I will put on a record and I'll just listen to one side and that's the amount of time that I do the chore for. And then if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm enjoying it, you know, I can flip the record over or I can listen to another one or listen to like some other music, but it's sort of like a little timer and I don't have to keep going if I don't want to. Cause I don't I like, like that. I hate the thing when people say like, put a timer for 15 minutes and when it goes off, you'll just keep cleaning. Mm-hmm. It's, you yeah, even, it's like, tricky. You won't want to stop because I'm like, well, <laughs> Okay, if I know that the goalposts are moving, mm-hmm. I'm not going to start because you didn't <laughs> yeah. give me a clear finish line. It's but so if true. I know that, like, I can stop if I don't enjoy it, and I'm not, like, I haven't go- gone into it with the expectation that, like, and I'm just going to keep going for hours because I'm going to love it. It's like, no, I'm going to do it for this amount of time, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then I can keep going if it's fun, but... I'm not expecting it to be fun. <laughs> For whatever reason, that clears the mental block. I love it so you much. You can't tell Grace mm-hmm. to do anything. She has to yeah. well, you like, can't. realize it on her own. You can't trick me mm-hmm. with something <laughs> yeah. where you've given me the answer to the trick. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm, I already know. I already know the answer to this trick. Grace is <laughs> under the bridge with the trolls. And she's like, there's no riddle. <laughs> Riddles three here. Like I yeah. know the solutions. I know the answer yeah. to the riddle. I am the I am the bridge troll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I ask for riddles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's no. But it really is. That's what I love about back to loving the lazy genius. Like it is not a one size fits all. It's principles, and you apply them and figure out like with the finding everything in its place. Grace, like you said, like you're the one that has to figure out where things go in your house. You know, like ultimately. You're the one that has to do that. Some kind of pre-made organizational system is not going to work for you. That's why when I read about how people organize different things, it usually is just overwhelming to me and doesn't really sink in because I'm like, I kind of just have to figure out a system myself. You know, like mm-hmm. I just think ultimately you kind of have to figure it out yourself. Um, so really quick before we wrap up, one thing I thought was worth mentioning was um, – it is kind of like, okay, so there's these 13 principles. What are you supposed to do? Like wake up every morning and figure out how you can apply every single thing to every single situation that just is overwhelming, right? So she talks, I won't spoil, not necessarily spoil, but you can read the book. But one thing she said that I thought was really helpful was um, it was like, pull this book out anytime you're kind of hitting a wall with your routine or you're going through a big change or there's a transition coming up. Um, She said, just simply run through your situation with the principles and see what comes to the surface. So you don't have to like force any of these principles onto your situation or force every single one, but just kind of run through them and see like which ones present themselves as like an obvious help to whatever you're struggling with kind of. And I thought that was really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to just think about it when there's something that, like bugs me multiple times Mm -hmm. then I'm like okay this is something I need to work out a solution for like the cans Mm -hmm. like the cans um okay so as we always ask at the end of a hop culture book club episode would you recommend 
to our listeners that they read this book? Yes, please. <laughs> Why did please. no one answer? I, <laughs> I feel like the answer is obvious. I kind I thought we all would like. Oh, like a like resounding like, yes, yes together. Yes, yes, yes. I can't recommend this book enough. Yeah, I, please read. It's so I don't know, and I could see maybe if you read it and you're not in the state of mind to like it, I could see not liking it. So it's not gonna. It's not going to cut my heart into a million pieces if someone reads it and doesn't like it. But I was actually going to say, time, if you love Grace or care about Grace, you'll read this book. <laughs> yeah, I was going to finish it with it at the same time. It will. It will. If you it will don't like it, don't tell us. Please don't. Yeah. Yeah, Please exactly. don't, because it's really, it's really helped me so much, and I love it. <laughs> okay, well, we all have kind of a joint weekly win, um, which is that. Last week it was our mom's birthday, and since she's far away, we couldn't really think of anything that like we could send to her um, or have our dad get for her. So <laughs> we decided to give the best gift that anyone could give, um, the gift of a TikTok dance. And this was inspired by Claire, because Claire sent me a tick she did a tiktok dance for my birthday and it was the highlight of my whole birthday because it was just like it was not well done it was just it was like so a little unexpected it was really bad not synced up with the that music. was like part of the charm <laughs> <laughs> it was just the best thing i'd ever seen and it was very unexpected and i just loved it so much so we decided to do the same thing for our mom <laughs> And uh, it's really quite presumptuous to be like, happy birthday. Here's me dancing. Here's a video of you yeah. dancing. <laughs> here's Grace all of was us. so mad at us. I was so mad. Well, they, they decide to do it. They decide on which dance we're doing, like, on the morning of a work day. And so everyone else has, like, finished rehearsing and, like, submitted their videos and they're all good. And I'm, like, still working. And so... In a break between meetings, I was, like, trying to practice it, and I was so sweaty, and then I didn't keep track of the time, and I had, like, three minutes before the meeting, so I was trying to, like, wipe off my forehead and, like, compose myself, and it was awful. I feel like they probably just thought you were working out. I feel like people, you know, Zoom yeah, could say, all like, the time. Oh, yeah, I went for a walk yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um no, I definitely didn't say why I was so sweaty and like disheveled <laughs> on the call. But yeah, I was I was like this is it it can never be called into question that I love my mom. Mhm. That's after that, because <laughs> yeah, I didn't that's true. I did not care for doing Grace that. did great. Matt said yours was the best. Yeah, the Grace. girls have asked yeah, to watch Grace's the most of any my of favorite them. favorite as well. Yeah, he thought the way that you like covered the camera at the end was like genuinely oh. really cool. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. And he liked your beanie. <laughs> Grace kind of adapted it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had, cute. like, it was more original than the rest of ours. Because <laughs> I had to do it so many times. Because <laughs> I kept forgetting. <laughs> I'm the only one in this family that has no formal dance training of any That's kind. That's true. That's true. Well, I never thought about that. Could we call took my, dance when she I took was dance like for, like, eight. one year when I was eight. <laughs> I think it was half a year because I hated it so dance. much. You, I had tested dance longer than that. I didn't realize that. Uh, I, I guess I was. I was a part of like a church, like a there was like a dance troupe at a Christian church that I was a part of. Dance 
too true no, when I it was wasn't, like 10. It wasn't our church. It was another church. No. Do you guys no, remember we want another one just like the other one? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, wait. About? I don't know what that came from. Where did actually? that come from? I, that came Tessa's recital. It was everyone shuffled into this church and we were all sitting there and the girls did the dance. And then some lady yelled, we want another one, just like the other one. <laughs> That's what that came and from. And no one knew what to do because, like, they only knew the one dance. <laughs> they, didn't, they couldn't do it. It took us all year to learn <laughs> one dance. <laughs> and so what everyone kind of was just silent. Was it? Yeah, you can't do an encore at a children's dance recital. I think that's something you shout when someone like scores like a goal or like a shoots a basket or something like a sporting event. I don't even think that's an encore thing that people shout at performance. I love that. I love that. Um, I just remember Tess having. Didn't she have some kind of little like? bell-bottomed pants or something for one of her dance no, costumes? I had the bell-bottomed <laughs> pants. <laughs> I was, I say, was I just no ranting about that the other, the other day to Matt. Oh my god. Because it was a ballet class and the teacher charged us for new costumes and then used costumes that she <gasps> had already that oh, were just old used word. costumes and that was what we no, got and they were hideous and i was like so we could have had tutus mm-hmm. and you made us wear these blue she didn't give your money back bell-bottom jumpsuits no because we got to keep them oh, oh my word yeah. that wow. is low tea is mm-hmm. being spilled here Um, Well, yeah, I thought it was a win just because not not because we are good dancers, but it was a fun day of everyone saying how much it did bring us together. And the girls loved watching the video. I will give Anna a shout out. Me, Grace and Tess all recorded at half speed and then sped it up in the recording. (laughs) It was really hard to do it like full out at the full speed Um, (laughs) and did hers. Like full full speed, so yeah. And Anne's looked good. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted know. a challenge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was impressed. I did. I did it at half speed first, and then I was like, "How much harder could it be to do it full speed?" It was so it was hard. I was, it was ripping aerobic <laughs> in sweat by the end, and I, and I like, had to put a sweatshirt on because my elbows were too pointy and sharp for the dance, and I couldn't. They couldn't be seen, so I was wearing a sweatshirt, and it was, I was so hot. Okay, I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week, so follow Hop Culture Pod for more fun. See you next week. 